0: It's our first experience. Things could have been done better, um, but we enjoyed it, man. We enjoyed it. Um, yeah. We got to fly like NBA players. We got private jet—well, not private jets, but chartered flights. Airports all to ourselves. And I was thinking, yo, this international life is nice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like honestly, all of that, you know, I stay with that, and I just say, like, it's God's glory. Like honestly, when I look back at it and think. You know, you you know, you know my journey from start to finish. Wanting to play, my dream was always. I wish I could play at a World Cup or lift the Champions League trophy. I always said to. I remember when a Chelsea eliminated Liverpool um, in the Champions League, and I said to my brother, and I was laughing at him, and I said, "But don't worry, bro. Like I've got you. I'm gonna win a Champions League, and you're gonna be there when I win a Champions League." So I've always given myself those targets. Um, But I've achieved so much more than just that target of achieving the Champions League. Obviously, I've not been able to celebrate with my family as much, but they can say, yo, my brother's done this. In the same way, you know, the way Joe introduced me, he's like, oh, yeah, my friend's done this and ill for for that. Like, you know, some of the stuff, when I look back at it, it could only be God. Because if I went through the playing route, I don't think I would have experienced football the way I've experienced it. I probably would have disliked football. The same way, Andre Schroeder's retired at 29. I probably about would have been to insane. say that
1: it, it could have you left a really bad taste know. in your exactly. mouth in terms of going kind of getting to like maybe that like what 24 25 realizing you couldn't make it, kind of ended up doing semi professional, falling out, and just said, You know what, football exactly. yeah. as whole yeah. like was, just not for me exactly. I was gonna ask, I mean, I think it kind of goes without saying because you've already said it, but another international opportunity comes up. What's your thoughts?
0: Ah, uh, mate, you know what. Obviously, now I'm, I do what I do with Norwich on a, on a part-time basis. So I do recruitment on a part-time basis and I'm a, I'm a full-time PE teacher. Um, if an international position came up, I would strongly consider it. Obviously, my employees would not want to hear that. I'm <laughs> going to play the political game. I'm not going to play the political game because anyone in my position, there's no way you tell a teacher there's a school in South London that wants to offer you the head teacher position someone's going to turn that down. There's no way. No one's, yeah. going say, no one's going to say no at something that they, especially if it's the career path that they want to take. So yeah. for me to say, yeah, there's no way that I'm shutting all those doors. Nah, like if an international position came up and it made sense, it had to make sense on financial fronts, um, certain assurances, because yeah, definitely certain assurances, because sometimes international payments come low, uh, late, sorry, not low, but mm-hmm. come late. Yeah. Um, I'd need certain insurances that have to make sense for me and my family. Uh, it wouldn't just be a me decision. So, yeah, yeah but I'm not going to lie. I'm loving the f- balancing both football and PE teaching because I get to identify so many players through pe- being a PE teacher. So right now, it would have to be someone saying, yeah, on a consultancy basis, I would say yes right now. Yeah. Um, on a full-time basis, I'm, I'm loving PE teaching too much to say no. Yeah. No, wow. fair enough. To say, I was gonna yeah, ask sorry, as well to say, just one yeah. last thing about this yeah I'm guessing you never
1: had actually any before this guy of course you had no relationship with it at all it's only obviously because of Michael Johnson, which was the reason why you went there mm. but I'm guessing it's just like you still felt so connected to the country, and obviously the yeah. the path it, like is is crazy because obviously i I don't know why, but automatically when you think it international you think oh, you'll enjoy it more if you're actually from there, but of course like it doesn't matter like you're obviously you're part of that journey. You're part yeah, of that. Yeah,
0: literally. Yeah. So it's a thing where, for me, I think we started our meeting in Derby. We said, we're going there to create history, some sort of history. Mm. Obviously, the big history point will be qualify for the Gold Cup and you're remembered forever. Yeah. Uh, be the first team to qualify, be the first coaching staff and set up players to qualify Guyana for the Gold Cup and we achieved that. But what we wanted to do as a staff, um, from the me- the, what I remember from our meetings, was whatever we do, whether we're there for one season or we're there for 10 seasons, we want to leave an imprint that says you can carry on taking the football federation, Guyana football federation forward to qualify for a World Cup. So our aim was not just... Gold Cup, yeah, because it was the initial short-term target that we had. Oh, yeah. but we're going... We're setting up. We want to set. We wanted to set up the infrastructure so they qualify for a World Cup. Because let's be honest, World Cup trumps the Gold Cup, and that's still yeah. one of my goals. A Gold Cup, a World Cup, and the Champions League are still one of my targets. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. If uh, a Champions and, League yeah. team comes in for me now, Norwich, I'm <laughs> sorry I'm going, bro. <laughs> I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm gone. Oh I'm gone. my
2: days. A, I think I just. I just personally have, I think two more questions before we bring the podcast to a close, right? Because this has been a wonderful, amazing episode. I feel like it's been much better than I like, ever thought. Not to say I didn't think it would be great before, but I feel like it exceeded my lofty expectations just to start off with. But um, I want to ask one question about the level of play in Guyana compared to Qatar, compared to England and so on and so forth, right? Yeah. Um, do people appreciate maybe how good the level of play is in, uh, in Guyana? How is it compared to Qatar and maybe England as well?
0: Um... The levels are, are different, um, I think we found that out after the French Guyana game, so obviously the Brazil camp um, we played against decent level opposition, and we did well. Um, we did well, considering that the youngest player we had in the squad was seventeen and the oldest was maybe 24. Um, 24? 20, 27. but he came to introduce him the, that international player came to introduce themselves and get used to how we coach, et etc
2: um,
0: but we found that out in the French Guyana game where in Europe and even when you play at a very high level you're used to certain pressures and where in Guyana um, and this is no disrespect to them at all because there are some actually f- technically fantastic players given if they're given the correct platform and the, re- uh, the right places to to be nurtured and nourished yeah, and grow yeah, then there'll be more Guyanese players that we'll be talking about Yeah. And, uh, and that goes, that goes without saying for other nations as well. Like I've come across players that technically, if they're given the, that correct platform, they can flourish. But um, it's handling the pressures. Obviously, in Guyana, the league is not the same level as in England. Um, it's not the same level as in Qatar. They're not playing against the same magnitude of players. Um, so when you put them in certain international situations, they might crumble, they might feel the pressure, and they might not be able to produce what you've seen them like capable of producing when they're playing against um, people in training um, against other nations but when, it, when you need them to perform it they find it a bit difficult Yeah. Um, obviously that comes with experience it's like you can't tell someone to fix a toilet if they've not known they don't know how to fix a toilet they will yeah. crumble under the pressure especially if you're wa- now watching over them as well they will cool. crumble under the pressure so yeah. when the pressure was on they, they didn't know how to rise to the occasion so much yeah. um, so in that sense there are technically good players in Guyana like hands down it's a case of now giving them the opportunity and I think that's where we come in you know qualifying for the Gold Cup hopefully we put Guyana on the map a little bit more hopefully they qualify for another one qualify for a World Cup and people are like right like, there's talented players that are Guyanese that we should like, have a look at and if we yeah. invest in coaching infrastructure a bit more or send like people out there to work with their players we, we can reap the benefits um, oh, yeah. There are a few players that go over and do um, degrees in in the US. So they go into the NCAA and NJ NJCWA or however whatever the the system is out there, National College League. Like yeah. they go out and play there. So they they've got players. It's just a case of now getting the opportunity. So it's growing. It, it will grow. But again. When it will happen we don 't know, but hopefully the platform is there for them yeah.
1: does it feel nice as well to know that you of course like you, you were part of the foundation, and I mean not many not many countries in that sort of situation in terms of like you 've obviously got all like the like, your gold cups you 've got a lot of obviously um, international leagues like that, and like you were one of the people to lay the foundation for a team like Ghana because that 's not just of course the team. That's a whole nation now believing. That's young. That's young kids now growing up thinking. wow, like I've when i watched that. I've I've been watching the Gold Cup as a youngster. Our country's part of that. Like mm. it's obviously the domino
0: effects that it all has, really, isn't it? Absolutely. No, I agree. I think even for me, like you know, um, one of my things even in life is to leave a legacy of some sort. To leave something. Yeah. And that's the first part. You know, when we left something for Guyana, the first thing. Um, there are a lot of things that went left with that, but, you know, different conversation for a different time. Yeah. But there are people, even, the, you know, even Michael Johnson said to him, said himself, there were coaches that were there before that even gave him a platform because they coached certain players to a certain level that we were saying, able to say, you know what, we can take them even further forward than what they've had before. Yeah. And we were able to bring our expertise. Um, some of the players that we recruited, that we recruited and brought into the, into the programme listen the platform that we had um allowed them to say okay that's a project that i can be involved in and i think timing as well timing timing goes with everything you know of um yeah timing was on our side as well at that time and also god was on our side so yeah to be part of this honestly it's nice like even when i speak to some of the these players and i like we drop stories and i talk to other staff members and we talk about the stories like it's just we keep living it over and over and over yeah, again, like it happened yeah. yesterday. Like, honestly, me talking to you now, I'm thinking, I can remember that night we won the game. I can remember the free kick. Like, when the free kick, when they scored that free kick, so Belize scored a free kick. I just
1: went,
0: <laughs> It's happening again. I'm going to get let down. And then we go and score. And I said, no, nah, no, nah, that's it. <laughs> I can never doubt my God. I can never yeah. doubt him. Like, we're going to win. And that was it. Like, honestly, I had a real fan moment of, something happens in a split second and you think oh my gosh I can't believe this is happening again to pure joy after we even after the final whistle like I was packing my stuff you know as an analyst you're filming the game and got the laptop and when they put the clock up for five minutes left I said you know what I'm not missing the celebrations I can explain myself to- <laughs> but I'm not missing the celebrations I can tell you I've missed the five last five minutes of footage but to be part of the celebrations listen I packed my, my bag this laptop that I'm using now Close it Close the laptop put everything and I said you've got to open the gate I've got to be on the bench now because when the whistle goes I'm You're running back right. yeah, yeah. you know what?
2: that Look, is amazing don't
1: get me wrong Champions League and World Cup will hunt and sure come for you I'm sure but it is moments like that which yeah. come on success is always success isn't it it's, yeah. you, you can't yeah, it it's just incredible no matter
0: yeah. what like, for me any moment to top that as much as I would love to even when, if I know eventually I want to end up at a World Cup and experience the Champions League but for me it's to do it with a team that's never been there before exactly yeah if I can be part of the team let's say the Guyana that qualify for the World Cup for the first time in their history listen that that Trump's Gold Cup yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. qualified for a World Cup like Panama did and they qualify for a World Cup listen I will take that all day, every day because that moment of create, that's pure joy to be part of that journey. It's just, I mean, oh, ah. Yeah. yeah, I can, I can imagine We're Winning that. the Champions League with a team that's never won the Champions League before. So, yeah, it'll be crazy. Maybe I don't want PSG to win the Champions League this time round, so I can be part <laughs> of the staff that win the Champions <laughs> League with them, but, you know, <laughs> it's, it'll be something like that.
1: No, of course. Of course. I'll okay, get yeah, I'll get you. Oh, okay. Great. Um I've
2: got, one, I've got two questions. First one, Michael Johnson, He's now got on to become one of the people um, for the England twi- Under-21. He's, he's working with that programme, right? Yeah. Um, how highly do you rate him as a coach uh, with your time working at him? And do you reckon he can go to the top
0: or go in around the top? Michael Johnson is a phenomenal guy. Honestly, um, one of he allowed me to be who I needed to be around the place. Mm. So he's one of those coaches, you would say, and managers. I think there's a difference between a coach and a manager. Coaches, Alex Ferguson was a manager and yeah. then he employed coaches to do coaching. Like the famous, I don't know who, who said it, was it Roy Keane who said, Alex Ferguson never put a cone down. He doesn't even know what a cone is, but he knows how to manage people, <laughs> yeah. right? That's what, I'm, hey, Sir Alex, I'm not disrespecting you. It's what's, <laughs> because, buddy. If Manchester United come in for me one day and they hear this, they're like, did you just...
2: No, it's known Look, fact. Carlos Quiro, Steve McLaren, yeah, yeah listen, Mike Feeling, yeah, was of course. He a great manager, right?
0: Yeah. And then there are coaches, people that are, so your, your Pep Guardiola is a coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he will be hands-on tactics, players, do this, do that. Alex Ferguson's a manager, manages people. So there's a difference between a manager and a, and a coach. And I think Michael Johnson is more of a manager than he is a coach. So he would suit a manager's position, a sporting director position because he knows how to work with people and manage people and allow people to be who they need to be. So he employed great coaches who put on great sessions but tactically he knew as well. So he was he knew what the tactics were. So yeah. it's not just a case of, ah, oh, let me employ coaches to coach. Yeah, he would coach when he needed to coach as well, but he employed the coaches to coach, let people do what they needed to do and he managed the environment
2: Yeah,
0: and allowing people to flourish. So that is it skill in itself because I've worked with people who can't manage but they're great coaches yeah. and then I've worked with people who are great managers but not good coaches. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And for me, honestly, I think the pro- him working with the under-21s will allow him to get the platform that he needs to get the position that he wants in the future yeah. um, because he's a people's person. There's not many people's people in this football game. Yeah. Um, you know, I've worked for loads of clubs under loads of different managers. There's not a lot of people, people. There's people that talk well, but there's people that are genuine about what they say. Yeah. And he's one yeah. of those people who's genuine about what he says and the intent and the energy that he puts into the work. And he as I, as I said, allows people to flourish, which then allows players to flourish because if your staff are happy and they're doing what they need to do, you can do what you need to do. The team talk, the, the tactics, um, organising people where they need to be. Managing, the, managing your team, and then being able to manage the players afterwards. So, yeah, no, definitely. I, listen, we speak. We had um, during the pandemic, we had like weekly Friday sessions where we would talk and just catch up and see how everyone was. And yeah, yeah. So. Definitely rate him highly. Along with him, ah, oh, there's so many people like just to put. Like, I've met so many people, but yeah, because you specifically asked about Michael Johnson, yeah, Michael Johnson, definitely.
2: And the last question I'd ask, um, thing, I hope Michael Johnson gets that job. I know that Steve Cooper, for example, who worked at the England youth up and now he's got the job at Swansea. So mm. hopefully there could be a similar sort of pathway where Michael Johnson getting that job does get him into a big sort of role, where he can then sort of flourish and we can see what you can sort of bring to the table which I'm looking forward to sort of seeing. But the last question I have to ask to bring this wonderful segment to a close is that is there one piece of advice or any significant piece of advice that you give to anyone who is in foot in, in football or is coming into looking to come into football and maybe do what you do or as a player, manager, whatever,
0: even someone specifically from Ilford as well, what piece of advice would you give? Piece of advice. I don't think there could be just one. Um because I think I've touched on a lot of different elements throughout yeah. the podcast, you know, taking opportunities when they come, going, um, asking someone that's an expert in your field if you can buy them a coffee and just pick their brains.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, investing in yourself. So I'm a big believer. I think if there's going to be one, it's invest in yourself and be very stubborn with your goal. So like I told you, my, my, I started with, I was very stubborn with football. No one could tell me I was not going to make it as a football player. You told me that, I was like, okay... And it got to the point where it was very, you tell me I'm not going to make it, I'm cutting you off. That's it, it's done. Me and you, were not <laughs> yeah, friends. That yeah. like, I can't have you in my circle because you don't believe in my dream when I believe in it. So yeah. be very, very stubborn and have people around you who will support you in that. Um, the second one, like I said, with the internship is investing yourself. So had I not invested in the camera, I don't think I would be having these stories with you because I would have said, oh, you know what? how can I go to an internship and they're not paying me and they're asking me to buy the equipment? What if I break it and blah, blah, blah and there's no insurance on it? So investing in yourself and being very stubborn and then get guidance. So surround yourself. This again goes with the networking, asking for advice, get guidance. Get as much guidance as you can. Blow up people's inboxes. Be that pest. It doesn't matter whether they hit you up the first time or not. Keep asking them. Eventually someone's going to say, oh, you know what? I'm going to invest some time into that person or this person just needs my help. Put yeah. your stuff out there. Do that. Um, again, you, as I touched on my story with the JSA, um, believe in your dream even when it's tough. Like, literally believe in your dream when it's tough because, boy, you're going to have testing moments in this game. Um, it's not going to be easy. Of course. Especially, I think, when I started as an analyst, there was no money in the game for analysts. They didn't really believe in analysts like that. The only person that probably did was your Sam Allardyces and your, your, your top clubs um, who could Afford to invest in it, but not really believe in it. Yeah. Um. So you got you're looking at your boltons as your pioneers because they're Sam Allardyce. Oh, he was amazing at that um, pioneer. Probably. You know. All, yeah. One so of the pioneers of that, yeah. that. Find it, find people that will also look to invest in you. Um, yeah. And pick pick wisely. Um. I think even just in general, and I, it's just a rule of thumb that I've had, especially for young people coming up, pick your environment very carefully and pick the people yeah. that you're working with very carefully. Yeah. Obviously, you can't always be picky with your opportunities, but look at how people operate and look at how people move before you jump out opportunity. Because sometimes, not every opportunity is the right opportunity. And don't feel bad if you don't get a particular opportunity that you're really hoping for. Um, because something will work out, especially if you have the tenacity, the work ethic. That is, Those are the things that will set you apart. Like I said, and I think even Steve Bruce said it himself in one of the interviews, and I think I held on to that as a player myself. He said, I wasn't one of the best technically. But I know... I'm putting my head where it hurts. I'm outworking. I'm putting all my energy. I'm being very serious about my work. And outworking people in your field is crucial. Whatever you do, whether it's football, yeah. it's music, it's it's you're writing a book, or you're a P teacher, whatever you do, you have to go out there to outwork people. I'm not saying be the best, just outwork people. Yeah. Because once you outwork people, then you can get into those conversations where and again. People are saying the Brainer or Kevin. Uh, I'm saying Kevin Henderson, Jordan Henderson. Yeah, it's as a football fan, the Brainer all day, every day. It's not even a discussion. Yes, yeah. but they're putting him up. They're putting Jordan Henderson up there because he's proved millions of people wrong.
1: Of course, yeah. There's
0: very few that believed in him. He's proved people wrong. He's captained them to Champions League, Premier League now he's done something Stephen Gerrard didn't do himself which is lift up the Premier League trophy you tomorrow know, he will do it yeah well yeah after Chelsea beat them um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, gosh. No. but oh, they're you. putting him up there and I'm again I'm not saying as, as an analyst you look at everything and as a scout recruitment rise Jordan Henderson is there and Klopp's made him the player he is because he listens he takes feedback on board he works hard and he's out there to prove people wrong yeah once you have those four basics, you can add talent. Because, again, touching on the story, um, Ravel Morrison, all the talent in the world. Even when I watched him when QPR came to Birmingham and they slapped us and you're seeing Ravel do a madness. The stories are always the same. Talented, but doesn't have... Um, the work ethic. The work ethic. Yeah. The right attitude. Always, the right attitude. It's changing now. He's trying to change that perception now. But... That's the difference between why Henderson's career has gone the way it's gone and why Revell Morrison's career has gone the way it's gone.
1: Yeah,
0: um, of course. And I'll leave you the, the final piece. I'll leave you because it was from a it's from a United DVD and yeah. So two pieces. Study people in your in your field. Study the field all the time. Just energy, oh, energy, energy. Study it. Um, so I start, There was a DVD I used to have United DVDs when I was a young boy and I uh, just wanted to be better. And he said, "What gets people far is." The hardware. So the hardware is, I think hardware, software, I can't remember which way he phrased it, but hopefully you'll understand the analogy. So hardware is things that you can't buy in the shops. Yeah. So yeah, it is hardware. So hardware is your your hard work ethic, uh, your your attitude, your determination. It's things that you can't give people. Hmm. Software, you can download and update software left, right and center. So you can make a player technically better or you can, um, to a certain level, or you can become better in your field. But if you work hard and you're outrunning people, of course. even if you don't have the software that your, your friend or someone that you're looking up to has, if you can outwork them, yeah. you're going to be in that same conversation. You might even get ahead of them because you're outworking them. So that's, that's the piece of advice. Study them, then outwork them. Literally outwork them. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, that's, that's what will set you apart. Honestly, no.
2: I, I cannot have put it better myself. Honestly and um, genuinely, um, this is the point now where all I have to really do is just thank you so, uh, like, thank you from the bottom of my heart for, profusely for coming onto this podcast and being oh, our first like guest on uh, Hometown um, Heroes. It, honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure, it's been an education, whatever you want to call it. I I don't feel like I have enough words to sort of express how grateful I am to have you on and have your insight into sort of professional football well, i have your your profound words sort of reverberate in my heart uh, personally and hopefully reverberate in the ears of everyone listening as well so
0: again generally um all i can really do right now i say just thank you so much for coming on nah, no problem thank you for having me now nah, it's been it's been a good few let's say more than an hour 30 minutes from time flies, you know,
2: time, flies, bro. flies bro. You know, time
0: flies bro as i said when you <laughs> love the field that you're in and the things that you want to do like You know, it's it's a genuine passion Yeah, like, like, it doesn't bother you to go over limit because it's something you love talking about. And uh, it's it's, it's good. I've appreciated being on on with you and and Rob and the stuff that you're doing like that. Honestly, keep going with it because that's what you need to do. You need to put stuff out there. And I don't think there there aren't many genuine podcasts that talk about football. More time people are just talking because, yeah, I'm a ex-professional football player and I can talk about this, but Grassroots, like this is grassroots stuff, and you're reaching out to people and talking to people from personal experiences that sometimes even better than talking to a professional who's been there because no one can, not everyone can relate to that story.
1: Yeah, no, of, course. Um, of course, and I think everyone, that's
0: not everyone's a professional. I wasn't a professional. Yeah, I, yeah, I had the I yeah. chance, but I've, I've worked in the field and I've seen it from two different lenses. Someone knocking on the door, trying to get in, and trying to prove my worth to you know, where I am now,
1: so. You know what, as well, though, it could be inspirational to someone who is in your position when you were 20, for example, and obviously football, sometimes you have to realise football isn't it, like, it might not be, for example, a professional player is everything, but you've got, you've went down a path where you're still so involved in the football life, as if, don't get me wrong, of course, professional player would be great, but you, look, it could have went so many different ways, I'm betting 100% you're so happy with how it's gone now. Absolutely. Yeah, we thank
2: God honestly I yeah, really do but again guys uh, we've come to the end of Hometown Heroes thank you so much for listening I really hope you've enjoyed that we've got pl- uh, plenty more hopefully um, interviews coming up with Hometown Heroes that you can really sort of have an experience of sort of what they've taken from Ilford, what they've taken from their lives really and gone up to uh, do quite a lot in, uh, in not only the local community but in the footballing environment as well so guys please stay tuned Uh, told you like again like I said at the start of the podcast this is a chat about football we are on Spotify Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at A-C-A-F underscore podcast. And one final bit I did, ended in now. Uh, for anyone listening from Ilford, if you know of anyone at all that has a story to tell about their life in football whether it's as a player, a manager, a coach, a fan, anyone at all that efo has a story to tell about their life in Ilford, please be sure to let us know and we'll be sure to give them the platform they deserve on the chat about football. But until the next time, guys, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. And yeah, yeah. Take care of yourselves. All the best. Thank you, love, and goodbye.